Listen to the clarity of, of God's word in Genesis 1, 27. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We take that for granted a little bit. God, uh, Adam started this conference by saying, we don't need to become men. We are men. And so the charge then is to act like it, right? In his book, Reenchanting Humanity, Owen Strayan begins his chapter on sexuality with the statement, there may be no more controversial statement today than this. There are men and there are women. Controversial, I mean, that's crazy, but it's true. And it's controversial because of the growth of the LGBTQ plus movement and especially the ever-increasing influence of the transgender worldview. Let me just give you some, some examples that uh, I'm sure you're familiar with, but one of the first was Lily Elby, one of the first to be, have a public surgery in 1930. A couple of books have been written and then even a, a movie documenting that uh, process came out in 2015. We all know the example of, and I'm just going to use the names because that's where they use them now, but Caitlin used to be Bruce Jenner, uh, Olympian, right, turned advocate and activist. Um, there is an actress turned actor and activist, a lot of them seem to be activists, named Elliot Page now. Uh, Rachel Levine, the, the Assistant Secretary of Health in the U.S. Health and Human Services. Leah Thomas, you know that name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the college athlete. Listen, listen to what Wikipedia says about this. Leah Catherine Thomas is an American swimmer. In 2017, she began studying at the University of Pennsylvania, from which she graduated in May 2022. She competed on the university men's swim team from 2017 to 2020, and on its women's swim team from 2021 to 2022. And so what these examples illustrate is the growing prevalence of the normalization and influence of the gender-bending trans community. All right, we've got movies, we've got TV, we've got politicians, we've got fashion, we've got sports and more. I mean, if you think about the recent history, how many times have you seen sports teams, athletic, athletic organizations have to wear a certain jersey, right, or a certain logo or emblem? I mean, the, the push and the drive is everywhere. And what is going on? Well, what's going on is the culmination of a decades-long campaign to break long-standing definitions of sex and gender in favor of a do-as-you-feel-what-you-want-is-best-for-you approach to life. So my goal in our brief time right now is to help you understand, men, some of the foundational principles at work in this movement for a number of reasons. It will help you understand and interact more effectively with those around you in your workplace in your schools, in your neighborhoods. It will help you to be aware of the dangers to your hearts and minds and those of you and your families. And accordingly, it will help you put up safeguards for you and your family and those in your church. So here's a couple foundational understandings about this movement. From the Human Rights Campaign website, it says this, the trans community is incredibly diverse. Some trans people identify as trans men or trans women, while others may describe themselves as non-binary uh, non-binary, genderqueer, gender non-conforming, odd gender, bi-gender, or other identities that reflect their personal experience. The Association of the uh, Psychologist, uh, Psychiatrists, uh, American Psychiatric Association, sorry, says this, the term tra transgender refers to a person whose sex assigned at birth, 
i.e. the sex assigned at birth, usually based on external genitalia, does not align with their gender identity, i.e. one's psychological sense of their gender. Some people who are transgender will experience gender dysphoria, which refers to psychological distress that results from an incongruence between one's sex assigned at birth and one's gender identity. People who are transgender may pursue multiple domains of gender affirmation, including social affirmation, legal affirmation, medical affirmation, and even surgical affirmation. Of note, not all people who are transgender will desire all the domains of gender affirmation as these are highly personal and individual decisions. It's important to note that gender identity is different from gender expression. Whereas gender identity refers to one's psychological sense of their gender, gender expression refers to the way in which one presents to the world in a gendered way. Gender identity is also different from sexual orientation. Carl Truman wrote a book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. He wrote it recently. There's a shorter summary book called Strange New World. Um, he writes this. He says, The origins of this book lie in my curiosity about how and why a particular statement has come to be regarded as coherent and meaningful. Here's the statement. I am a woman trapped in a man's body. I think this is a very relatable curiosity. How has that statement come to, as he says, be regarded as coherent and meaningful? How is that normal? How is our society at the point where that statement is not only tolerated, Okay, but even affirmed, cultivated, and also encouraged on many fronts, even by parents of today's children. Obviously, in a 20-minute talk, we don't have time to go into a lot of the background because Truman's book is like 350 pages. His summary is 200. Okay, so there's a lot of background. I'll let you pursue his books if you want to do that. But just for our understanding as men of the church living in today's society, I want to give you an understanding of a few of the worldview principles, all right, that undergird the acceptability of this statement, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. And I want to do that so that you can do more than what I have done many times is just go, what is wrong with this? And that's it. That's as far as I got a lot of the times. But there is, there is so much more to be understood so that biblical truth and gospel principles can be brought to bear. All right, and here's, here's some of those foundational understandings. One is the idea of authority. In this movement, okay, authority is found within subjectivity of self rather than any sort of external force. All right, so there's, there's much talk of inner authenticity, of being true to the self of who you feel that you are. And, and, and then, then there's the sense of, well, if I feel this way, but I am externally this way, then there's hypocrisy in that because the authority is not outside of me, it's within me. All right, and so obviously, fundamentally, that's contrary to Scripture because Scripture says authority is external and it's objective, right? Not subjective. Authority comes from the one who created male and female. He created them and he defines them and he establishes those parameters and he puts those things on us from the external. But societally, it is understood to be subjective and internal. All right, so those are the kind of conversations that need to be happening. Ideas of authority, ideas of identity. Okay, we heard this in those definitions. Identity, Psychological over physical. 
how I think, how I feel, what I perceive is how I am identified. I think, therefore, I am. Right? Well, that's way back when. But it trickles out and it grows and, and it festers into this type of, of an idea that if, as we, as we saw in those definitions, it's a psychological sense of their gender. There's psychological distress resulting from the incongruence. They're highly personal and individual decisions. There's a psychological sense of their gender. It's, it's I feel. It's identity from within. Okay, and so it's easy to extrapolate the slippery slope of, these, of, the, of this, this particular principle. There was a headline on vice.com, okay, which I don't regularly read, but when you're doing something like this, you got to do weird searches. <laughs> Here's a headline on vice.com. The trans woman, okay, the trans woman who became a dragon. All right, so this is a man who identified as a woman and so became a trans woman. And now this person has decided, you know what, I don't really appreciate the human race and I don't feel like I want to belong to the human race. And so I'm going to transition into becoming a dragon. And so he, I just, he she has taken all sorts of surgical steps to try to become as dragon-like as possible. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, but you, see, you see, like what was said earlier, people identifying as, as a child. I identify as a child. I identify as a woman. I identify as a dog. I, I mean, we're, the, the inner psychological sense of authority and identity leads to all of this because it's completely subjective. Okay, and so as believers, as, as Bible-believing, God-oriented people, we have to have these types of conversations to help people understand those fundamental differences, even in that. The writer of that vice.com article, who herself is uh, a lesbian, she captures the spirit of the age when she writes this paragraph. I believe that body modification is a core aspect of what it means to be human. You hear that? Body modification is a core aspect of what it means to be human. Everything we do to our bodies, whether we are exercising, dieting, having plastic surgery, dyeing our hair, changing our sex, or transitioning into otherworldly beings, represents a negotiation between our will and the forms we were born into. Do you hear the subjectivity and the, and the individuality of that? We make decisions every day to manifest our mind's desires materially and have sense the eras of our earliest civilizations. And so that mentality plays heavily into then the following point. This is the third main pillar, okay? We've got authority, we've got identity, and then this. Gender is different from sex. And it's not only different, but it's assigned at birth, all right, so like we read in those earlier definitions that it's not even, they don't even talk about gender as being recognized, right? They talk about gender as being assigned based on external markers, as they say, like your genitalia for crying out loud, okay? So Gender becomes an individualized preference and something that is not, is not externally defined or, as we would understand, given by the creator who knits you together in your mother's womb, right? External authority imposed upon form and upon personhood. No, 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 it's individually existent. Your inner person, if your inner person wants it, you can adjust your sex and your 
external markers to correlate as desired. All right, so those are, those are just, those are foundational principles to the worldview that is just rife around us and leads to such things as a person competing in collegiate sports on both the men's and then the women's teams. And these are all conclusions and mindsets flowing from earlier thinkers like Freud, uh, Simone de Beauvoir, and Karl Marx, among others. Hopefully this helps us not just to scratch our heads, like I said at the statement, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body, what in the world is wrong with you? Like it's, there, there's, there's more to that than just, why do you even say that? I don't get it. There is such deep-seated misunderstanding and, and, and deep-seated even idolatry of the heart that goes into that type of a statement that we have to understand and guard against for our sakes, but also be able to interact intentionally with as men in the world around us. And so we're dealing with foundational principles, wrong but foundational, of authority and identity, of their very core personhood. Okay, here's some dangers that all of this presents to us. Truman notes um, that although many letters in the acronym LGBTQ are fundamentally different and even opposed, like if you trace LG and TQ, they, they don't really actually get along or agree. But here's the deal. It's a political coalition forged on the basis of a common enemy, a socially and politically enforced heterosexual normativity, i.e. the conservative Christian sexual normativity. And so the drive inherent within this is for the movement not to just seek toleration, but affirmation. And we know this. We've seen this in so many situations. It's because of the close connection, not just to particular sexual actions or surgeries, but because of that idea of personal identity. Think about the, the perceived insult of merely being tolerated as a person. All right? If that's truly seen as who the essence of who they are, then nothing less than celebration and affirmation will be acceptable. And we are seeing that. We are seeing that. Um, Truman makes, uh, makes this point as the reason that, you know, baking cakes for gay weddings, where, where many of us would just be like, man, just come on, just give the guy the choice to bake the cake or not. But no, it's an insult to the very core of the personhood of who they identify and, and the essence of who they are. And so that's why it's, it's being blown up into all these issues, okay? But again, but beware of that danger. Romans 1, 24 says, God gave them over in the lust of their heart to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, forever, right? And we, we don't want to give explicit or implicit approval to that. Another danger is this, being swayed by the philosophy of individualism that eventually leads to accepting or affirming these lifestyles and choices. And we see this in areas like divorce, immorality, church hopping, entertainment, okay? So like I said, I'm talking, I'm talking about expressions of individualism. So even like church hopping, well, I just, I just don't feel like that's, that's the one that I want. Well, that just doesn't quite suit me. Me, me, me. I define, I choose, I rule. And so those are maybe a little bit closer to home and those are, in, in essence, uh, giving into that philosophy, that worldview 
is a step in that direction. Okay, so be aware of that in your own hearts and in your own minds. Watch out for becoming callous to the issues at hand. That can be via school, that can be via media, that can be personal testimonies, advertisements, songs. Truman calls these types of things aesthetics-based logic. The argument by appeal. Look at the happy little gay couple with the kids up on the advertisement. Don't they look so happy? Watch out for that argument, that appeal, that causing us to become callous to what is contrary to the external authority dictated by God himself. Watch out for softening on normalized sins because of these more extreme issues. Uh, Dr. Moeller has a book called Desire and Deceit. It was published way back when in 2008. And it's amazing. It's focused on the growth of the homosexual movement. And it's amazing how many of the issues and the principles and the strategies by the left and the liberals are the exact same as those now being used in the transgender and, and beyond type of world. But that's like practically passe, right? Gay couples, gay marriage in, 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 uh, in society and the institutions are just, it's like, ah, I mean, that's old hat. Now we're on to this, but the same thing. So watch out for those kind of being softened towards the normalization of mm, more moderate sins because of the more extreme form that's coming out. It is so slippery. Now, thankfully, there are, um, there are some recently developing lawsuits, especially in England and the U.S., from those who are now detransitioning after realizing the harmful and unsatisfying results that transgen- transgender treatment and surgeries have brought. And this holds out some hope for kind of slowing down some of the, like, basically just excitement, jump on the bandwagon type of mentality that we see around. But one writer for the World Magazine hits the fundamental issue on the head. He says, the underlying problem, which is man's constant attempt to define his own reality, remains. He even quotes then Jane Wheeler, the lesbian head of the nonprofit organization Rethink Identity Medicine Ethics. And this lady acknowledges, what does it mean to be human? Society is at a crossroads of having to face what that means. And technology is asking us the question, what does it mean to be human? Because technology can seem to adjust some of that as a result of the internal and the subjective authority. So guys, we have the answers. We have the objective truth. We have it, but we have to safeguard it. We have to teach it and we have to stand upon it. So some safeguards. We have to watch our terminology. Watch out for things like gay Christian. Okay, watch out for uh, the slide of referring to marriage between two men and between two women. Watch out for uh, just the, the, the slip of terminology of just softening on these things because it's not this. When they're a compromise on objective external truth defined by the Lord and his word. Uh, converse with your kids in school, no matter the grade, you know, the content that they're interacting with. Teach and define and explain clearly to them. We've got to understand, guys. We've got to understand. We've got to stand upon. We've got to teach biblical principles to one another, to our kids. Uh, thank you to those who are in youth group and to those who are in kids' Sunday school and who are teaching in those contexts because all of those things come together to help our children grow up understanding, at least understanding the biblical principle of authority and the biblical principle of, of identity and the biblical principles of those things. But we have to teach sexual morality, gender creation, identity as humans, 
institution of marriage, sacredness of the body, what is masculinity, what is femininity. We've got to teach those. We've got to stand strong on them from the object of authority, the externally imposed authority of God and his word. In Joshua chapter 24, it says this, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Okay, think culturally here. Whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, okay, the gods of the cultures, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Men, we know who authority, who has authority, and we know who identity comes from. And if we, if we stand on those things, which we ought to, then we're going to be attacked. We're going to be ridiculed, and someday we may even be persecuted or imprisoned. But when we're following the Lord, that's okay. Because we understand God and his authority and what he does. And so we have to stand for God's truth in those crucial areas.